On today's episode of the podcast, I am speaking to you from the very exciting place of having three whole days to myself as my daughter and husband are away for a ski trip. I talk a lot about self-care and the importance of choosing ourselves and putting ourselves first and how every time we choose to really take care of ourselves, we model for our kids how to show up in the world. I also give a couple of pregnancy updates, share the excitement that I'm feeling around knowing the sex of the baby, the interaction that I had with the medical system this week and how that actually felt really good. And just overall sharing that oftentimes we are just one moment away from turning a hard day around. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with their signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Let's dive in. All right, my friends. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome to a brand new episode of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. I am talking to you today from an empty house. (laughs) It's a very empty, quiet house. I am all alone, not counting three dogs, one of whom is hiding under the covers in the bed right in front of me right now. And of course, our little son kicking away in my womb at this moment. But other than that, I am alone. Dennis and Leah this morning, they went a couple of hours away to go skiing. Um, Dennis went with his best friend, whose son is Leah's exact age. They're really good friends. The four of them are going skiing over the weekend. And I have a whole long weekend to myself, (laughs) which feels like I almost have to whisper it like this because it's so strange and odd. And what am I going to do with all this time? (laughs) It's, uh, I mean, any, uh, any mom knows this feeling, the feeling of being all alone is kind of weird when we're not used to it. And we haven't had that experience in a while. Uh, last time I was trying to think last time I was alone, alone, I did go early last year. So I guess a year ago, I think February of 2021, I went to LA for a couple days. 
then I was by myself and I had a day and a half where I went to like a spa, a little spa overnight thing with a friend of mine in the summer. And uh, what else? Like, no, I haven't, you know, been on a vacation or gone away or, or done anything on my own just for a really long time. Dennis has been away a lot. Um, I think he traveled to Aruba four times last year, each time for like two weeks. So it's not super rare that him and I are apart or spending a couple of days or a week or so apart. But normally then I'm home with Leia. So it's like Leia and me having girls time. And now she's having some daddy daughter time, which is so, so beautiful. And yeah, I just, I really, really love that for them. And I love it for me. <laughs> so I'm just sitting here right now. I had a whole, they left this morning. I had this morning, I had an appointment in Stockholm for uh, some body work. I'm trying a little bit harder to just take better care of myself. I reached a point in this pregnancy where it's starting to get a little bit hard, even though I'm only halfway there getting to 21 weeks now. So it's just like past the halfway point and already things are getting hard, mainly because I have back pain that's been really just incessant, insistent, doesn't go away. It's been here for over a month and I'm getting some pelvic girdle pain and just like stuff isn't feeling, it's making me a little bit nervous that I have pain this early, that I'm starting to feel this uncomfortable. So I'm just taking my body a little bit more seriously and just seeking out more help and more support. So I got a recommendation from uh, one of my best friends to go to this. It's like a clinic. They only work with pregnant women and they specialize in like pelvic floor and pelvic pain and uh, yeah, all things just pregnancy related aches. And I had that appointment this morning and I've done a couple of things since I had this pain. I got this pain over Christmas when we were moving into our new house. I think I just over did it and carried too much stuff and I didn't keep great posture and it was just a little too much on my body. And of course, pregnancy affects a lot too. And uh, I've been to the osteopath a couple of times, which was really beautiful. And I think I want to keep going to the osteopath just feels like a good support to have throughout pregnancy. That guy shared with me just that he sees a lot of pregnant women and there's a lot of things you can do in terms of treatments and support for the body to just help for labor. Like he had a lot of really interesting points and, and things. And I felt like, oh, this could be a good, good tool to, to keep coming back to throughout pregnancy. But I didn't feel better. Didn't help the, the immediate pain so far. Maybe I need more treat. I've just been twice. And then I had some just like acupressure, massage, craniosacral, which also hasn't made me feel better. Things that normally really work for me has made me feel worse this time around. And I had a moment last week, just I had a, I had a massage and I felt so terrible afterwards, not just in the pain and that the pain was still there, the pain was worse, but I felt had this full body feeling I got chilly, almost like I was going to get a fever, achy over my whole body. And it just like, no, this is not the right, <laughs> the right thing. You know, you know, just that, that feeling like my body kind of rejecting that kind of treatment, either, even though it was very soft and gentle. And the woman that I see for that is super sweet and I trust her and it just wasn't the right thing. So this morning I went to this very specific, special, like dedicated, you know, specialist in this. And I thought it was going to be kind of clinical 
you know, like a place you go if you have specific pain. And I got to say, like the moment I walked in, my whole nervous system just settled. I just had this immediate feeling of, oh, this, this is the place. Like this is, this is the thing. (laughs) I knew before he touched me, like this is going to help. I just like had that immediate feeling of just alignment of, okay, this is where my body wants to be. And it's interesting because normally I don't deal with male therapists at all. I have some trauma and I've had a a couple of really unpleasant situations and things happen in my life with male massage therapists and male body workers that just kind of really made me feel unsafe. Um, So if, if I'm ever like if I'm if I'm on vacation or if I'm at a spa, I'm getting a massage and I'm like at a place where I don't know people, you know, you just get a, you just get a therapist. You don't know who you're going to get. I always, always request a female person. And if they don't have one, I won't, I won't get the treatment. And I've been working with this for a couple of years. I think I shared one of those full stories. I think in the Me Too era, like the Me Too time, I just had one was for sure. I mean, I don't even want to say bordering. I think it really was like sexual harassment. But you know, when you're in that, like you're on the massage table, you're naked, um, it's a really vulnerable place to be. And sometimes that, that line between like, oh, is this is normal and this is not normal, right? This is okay. And this is not okay. That line can be hard to really define, or it used to be for me anyway, when I was younger, I used to have that feeling like if I was getting a massage or getting body work done and something didn't feel right. The same feeling I would get if I was getting a haircut and all of, and I'm looking in the mirror and I don't like it. I would be like polite and like, this is fine. <laughs> you know, this is great. No problem. And I'd be on the massage table and something just feels off. It could just be like the feeling or the energy or something didn't feel right. And then the person would ask like, how is this? Is this good? Yes, it's good. Thank you. <laughs> but like it wasn't, you know what I mean? I always feel like you're in a very, very vulnerable place when you're on the massage table getting a treatment. And I had, yeah, a couple of things happen. I don't want to get into it now because I don't want to have that kind of show here, but where I just felt completely violated and, and, you know, the person who was giving me the treatment stepped way over the line and it just wasn't okay. So I never go for a male therapist ever. And now strangely in both of these instances, I, I, I haven't even checked. I just like booked it. I didn't even look. I didn't make sure. I didn't ask. Like they're both clinics with several practitioners there. Like I could have gotten anyone and it didn't even occur to me to check. And I arrive in both <laughs> instances, it's a man and I'm like, okay. And then I just would like check in with myself. Well, this feels okay. Yeah, I feel okay. This is fine. And Today, as I walked in this morning, it's just like this guy there and my whole body was like, yes, please. And they had the kind of table that's made for pregnant women with this like hole in the middle. So I got to lie on my belly the whole time, which was like bliss. I haven't been on my belly, obviously, (laughs) but even it like for a while, but even early, early in pregnancy, it didn't feel good. Like immediately when I got pregnant. And I think with Leia, I was still doing Cobra. I was still doing a lot of yoga poses on my belly until my belly started showing and it got uncomfortable. With this pregnancy, it was immediately not comfortable. So I literally haven't been on my belly in almost five months. And it felt so good. 
And this guy, he was just so to the point, immediately figured out what was wrong with me. Just immediately. He asked me like five questions. I just explained kind of where the pain was. And he was like, okay, so like at this specific point here, like this hurts. I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, okay. And when I press here, do you feel it radiating like exactly down this line? I'm like, yes. Aha. Uh-huh. And then if we go down here and, and then how about here, like in her thigh, I'm like, yes. And he just like, boom, 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 connected the five dots of exactly where my pain is flowing. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, this is it. Like, oh my God, that's it. He's like, okay, well, I know exactly what's wrong. It's so-and-so and uh, we're going to figure it out. Like we're going to support you. You're here at the right time. You know, you're 20 weeks. This is a great moment. And uh, yeah, and then he he treated me and it felt so good all throughout. Afterwards, I felt immediate relief, like I felt so much better. He gave me some just exercises and things to do, which I'm really, really, really going to take him up on normally when like a body worker or whoever is like, hey, now you have to do this and then this and then this and this is going to help you. I'm like, okay, great. I'll work on that. And then I go home and I forget about it forever. <laughs> you know? It's like funny like that whenever you're in pain, but it's the pain is not that severe. You know, it's like I'm not really taking my pain that seriously. Like I'm not going to do the exercises. No. (laughs) But this time I'm 100% committed. I'm like, yes, this makes total sense. And we talked a little bit about, which I haven't focused on so much this pregnancy, just like my pelvic floor strength. And he had some questions around like how it's been since my first delivery. And honestly, I don't know. Like I haven't really examined that. I don't know what's normal in in all the places of the world where where all of you live, you know, but I, I haven't had any kind of, I guess, interaction with anyone asking me those kinds of, of questions. I haven't pursued that. I don't know if my pelvic floor strength is shit or if it's great. And he asked, you know, kind of like, yeah, also the osteopath, I think, asked me like how labor was with Leia, especially the pushing phase. Um, and the pushing phase with her was was like gruesome, you know, it was so long, so intense. And he said that, okay, well, that, that can have a long lasting effect, you know, like really could have weakened your pelvic floor in this way. Sometimes we have some damage after that. Also depends on how she came out. You know, that's a lot of work, like very, very, very intense over several hours. And, you know, the body doesn't just like snap back to what it was before. So chances are, now that you're pregnant again, that the body is kind of falling into this pattern and creating a bit of an imbalance, which causes pain. And then this guy today, he was like, so like, are you interested in like knowing, you know, if you do these pelvic floor strengthening exercises, like how, like, do you know that you're doing them right? (laughs) So he's essentially talking about like a Kegel, but not really a Kegel, like a core activated Kegel. It's not like a root lock. (laughs) But you guys know, you you know, right? Like, you know what I'm talking about. I, I bet since I said the word Kegel, you're doing them right now, aren't you? <laughs> I think it's so funny. Anytime anyone mentions the word Kegel in any conversation, you know everyone hearing that word like immediately does one. <laughs> but essentially that action of connecting with the strength of your pelvic floor, which is also connecting to your core, like your core connects to the pelvic floor. They're not two separate parts of your body. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. 
It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where Ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. So like, so he asked like, are, like, do you know that you're, like, you're doing this Right. And I'm like, I didn't really get a certificate from anyone. <laughs> I don't know how I would know that I'm doing them right. He's like, okay, well, do you want to, do you want to check? And I'm like, uh, well, that depends. Like, how would one go about <laughs> checking such a thing? And he's like, no, no, it wouldn't be me. It would be our female, like, therapist here. And she can do a very light ultrasound, not of the baby, not toward the belly, um, but of your, essentially, your pubic bone. And then, you you do these exercises and it will show very, very, very clearly, like, where are you weak? Are you connecting in the right way? Do you have lots of strength there? You know, does it does this area respond immediately? Is it slow? He said some people, they think that they're like pulling in and activating, but actually they're pushing out. And then some people, they think they're doing it, but nothing's really happening. Like they don't have that connection to their pelvic floor. And I got so interested, like really, I'm like, yes, okay, I, I so want to do this. And I'm really not a fan of, of ultrasound or excessive ultrasounds, but I felt immediate like, yes. And he just assured me like, we're not going to touch the belly. We're not going to direct this toward the baby at all. No effect toward the baby. It's just like a minute or so of holding it towards your pubic bone, directing downward. I'm like, okay, let's go. So <laughs> I went into this other room with this woman and and she did that. And immediately you could see like, okay, so this is your bladder here. And then this area here is your pelvic floor. So, okay. So you're going to just go ahead and engage. And I did that. And she was like, whoa, whoa, that's, you have so much strength there. Oh my God. That was just, okay. And then, and then she just guided me in a few ways and then do a few activations just very quickly. And then I did that. And it was like immediate response. She's like, okay, you have so much control in this area. You have lots of strength in this area. But what I could tell is that there was, it was a little bit lopsided. Like I, 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 it's easier for me. I have more strength, more response in the left side of my pelvic floor than I, than I do the right. And I could see that. Like I could see, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely engaging and activating more on one side. And then she said, well, that's normal, but you can also work on that. 
it's normal because depending on how delivery with your with your first daughter was or with your first child like the angle of her shoulders when she came out like how the pushing face was like that all affects that so you don't have to worry about that it's not something dangerous or bad that you can that you have more strength on one side but if you do more of this work and more of this more more of these exercises which i suck at like i never do it's going to help and it's going to just give you more support in this area and it's going to support your core which is going to support your spine which of course is going to relieve like the pain that you have in so many ways and i just thought it was the coolest thing <laughs> and i went to lunch with one of my best friends and i was like hey you know like a kegel and she's like yeah and i'm like are you doing one right now yeah <laughs> i'm like how how do you know that you're doing it right and she was like that's a really fucked up question to ask like how would i know I'm like, well, how do you know that you're in contact like with your pelvis, like that you're really like that you're there? She's like, I, I don't know. And I'm like, well, I know. <laughs> and I just thought like she also like didn't know that this little test like this was possible. Maybe this is really common in other places. I just never heard of it. And I felt very in tune and very connected all of a sudden with my womb. And, you know, the, the pelvic bowl really sits there as this support for the whole base of our body. And it's such an important part of our bodies and feeling that not just physical connection of, okay, I know I have this body part and then this part of the body sometimes hurts and this part doesn't, but it was very, very cool to get that somatic connection of just mind to muscle of, okay, here is how I need to be present to engage and connect with this crucial part of my body that is really at its most important peak, you know, right now and about to, about to do something really, really, really powerful. You know, we, we need this connection. And of course, if you go into the yoga of it all and go into the energetic centers of it all and having that connection to our root chakra really is that sense of trust in life. Like our fundamental sense of safety begins there, um, which is why we do so much work around the root chakra in yoga. And if we ever have a trauma in this area, if we ever have a disconnect in this area, it puts us off balance entirely, completely in every way. And yeah, I just, I felt so inspired. I felt so high and I immediately booked another appointment. I'm like, I'm going to go here. I'm going to come once a week and, um, and just really focus on not just making it through the last 20 weeks of this pregnancy, which I think is how I've felt over the past few weeks a little bit. I've been a little bit low. I felt low on energy. I've been in pain. I've been, you know, just kind of that, like it's been gray and wet here in Sweden. It's been really the saddest, saddest weather, this weather that just completely depresses you. And um, yeah, and I think I had that feeling in the peak of my pain because I've had the, the kind of pain where I sit down on the couch and to get up off the couch and take the first steps, like the pelvic pain and the hip and lower back pain I feel in those moments is just overwhelming. Like I'm moaning <laughs> to lift myself off out of a chair. It hurts. Like I'm limp. I'm walking. Dennis told me, he's like, you're doing that like penguin waddle <laughs> that people do when they're like nine months pregnant. Like you're doing it now. And I was like, no, stop it. Stop it. And no, I'm not. Like, yeah, you are because I'm in pain. So I'm kind of limping and it's been hard for me to keep weight on the right side of my body. 
And then it doesn't feel good to move around too much, but even though movement is what I need. So I've stopped taking really long walks. Like I started taking really short walks instead. And just, I get tired very quickly in my lower back. So three, four o'clock in the afternoon, I'm like, no, I need to sit. And then I just want to sit for the rest of the day and the rest of the night because sitting down doesn't hurt. Standing walking hurts. But then getting up when I've been seated, like really hurts. So this whole kind of like, everybody knows when we're low, when we're in pain, it's exhausting and it affects every part of our well-being. And I think I've been in this low just because of this pain. And the vibe I had or I was in just last week was, yeah, I just, I'm just going to like make it through this pregnancy. It might get worse and worse. Every week is going to maybe be harder. I'm going to get heavier and heavier. I'm going to get bigger and bigger. And I kind of surrendered to that. Well, yeah, that's just what it is, you know, and I'm going to have a spiritually beautiful experience. I don't have crazy work engagements I have to get to. I know I can have a peaceful time here, but physically it's probably going to be hard. I just surrendered to that. And today I feel like, fuck that. <laughs> like, like, why would I at 20 weeks of pregnancy surrender to, okay, I'm going to have a really hard four months now. It's just going to be hard. It's just going to suck. It's just, I'm just going to be in pain. Like, why would I give into that so quickly? No, I don't want to. No, I want to be free from this pain. I want to manage this pain. I want to get back to moving my body better in more, you know, in, in a freer way. And I want to feel good throughout this pregnancy. I don't want to surrender to, to it being shit. And then, you know, cause I don't know what the future brings. And I also feel when we surrender to the fact that, okay, it's shit, it's going to be shit. Well, yeah. Well, what are we going to invite? We're inviting the energy of it's shit <laughs> versus I want to feel great. Okay. What can I seek out? What do I need? What can I invite? You know, what, what's the energy of, of feeling great? And how can I make space for that? And that's what I'm going to do today. Or that's what I, where, where I'm at today, I mean. And it, of course, helps that today the sky was blue. <laughs> the sun was shining. <laughs> Just that alone. You know, I had a whole day in Stockholm with friends, just like walking through the city, having good, like had a great cup of coffee. I'm in that place now where I want coffee again, which feels fun, like not all the time and every day, but once in a while, like a cappuccino is just tasting really good to me. It didn't for the first months. And uh, on my way home, and I know like I'm home, I have the whole, I have, I have, I have my whole weekend this whole weekend to myself, like, what am I going to do? And on my way home, I stopped at the plant store and I haven't been to the plant store since the fall, I guess. Yeah, of course, not throughout the whole winter. And sun was shining today, felt a little bit spring-like, even though we're very far from spring here in Sweden, here up north. And I just got some indoor plants. I got some seed um, soil, just some good soil to start seeding. Uh, and I'm going to start just planting my first seeds of the season and, and, and get started with the garden. And that alone brings me such a sense of inspiration and, and motivation. I don't know who else has that, but when I'm in a slump, when I'm feeling low, just the, the idea of putting my hands into the dirt, the idea of just thinking about, oh, wait, okay, I'm going to plant some tomato seeds today. <laughs> That thought brings me so much joy, it brings me so much excitement. 
And it puts this whole wheel into motion of, of spring is coming. You know, winter's hard. Winter's really long over here. Winter's really dark over here. Every day it's getting a little bit brighter. Spring is coming closer and closer every single day. And I can start the process of growing my garden now. Now, it's not too early. Like actually, like when it comes to certain things, like I'm probably a little bit late even. Last year, I sowed my tomatoes so early and I was really happy I did in the end. But I, I, I sowed so many of them. I think I had 50 tomato plants or something insane. <laughs> Dennis was like, are we tomato farmers now? Like, are we selling tomatoes to somebody? Like, what, what are you doing? I, I don't know, but I, I just, I got so excited. And before, because you can't move everything out. I was growing indoors. If you guys, if you follow me on, on Instagram, I shared a lot of that process there or on, on Instagram stories, but we, I grew everything in the garage. We had a whole wall of just like shelves and growing lamps and lights and um, yeah, just started growing indoors like everybody does here at this climate. And because I started so early, the plants just got really big and they got a little bit out of hand. Um, so at the end of cold season, when it was just still kind of like, you don't know if you can get the plants outside yet, if you put them out and plant them outside too early, and then you have one night of frost, I mean, you're screwed. It's over. So you have to be so careful that you make sure that you're really choosing your timing right. And my tomato plants were humongous. Like I was growing full-sized tomato bushes inside of my garage. The garage was a jungle of just everything. Like I just, I grew everything and I, and I didn't know what I was doing as my first season, first time ever growing anything in Sweden, never grew a single thing indoors in my entire life. Like the whole concept was so strange and weird to me. So I just thought, fuck it. I'm just going to throw a bunch of seeds and a bunch of soil and then figure it out. And, uh, and it got really, really messy, which is what gardening is supposed to be. I realized um, especially for people who like things in an orderly manner, who wants life to be within our control and organized and for everything to make sense and be timely. And that feeling of, I want to know everything. Like I'm, I'm like that. And when you're gardening, it's just like, there's a huge component of, 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 I don't know how this is going to turn out. Like I have no control. I don't really know exactly when the perfect time is for anything, weather changes all the time. I don't know how things are going to grow. I can have the best intentions and plant the perfect seeds and the perfect soil and the perfect conditions. And then that seed might never sprout. Um, or I might tend to a seed that becomes a seedling and take care of it for months only to plant it outside. And then it gets infested by something crazy and it just dies. <laughs> like anything can happen at any time. And I think, Part of why I love growing my own food so much is it brings me into that energy of letting go because I have to. It is, it is a very, very spiritual practice, putting our hands into the soil and connecting to the most fundamental parts of life. It is definitely a, a communication with God in a way. And that's why I think for all of us, gardening enthusiasts, like I'm not a professional by any chance. I just, I'm not afraid to take chances and risks and try and go big. And, you know, I, I, I think that's my strength in the garden is I can just go for it. 
but I still, like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I know a lot, but I know very little at the same time. I'm just scratching at the surface of, of all of this. But I think for all of us people who love this, right? That's why the thought of, ooh, like I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and I'm going to plant some seeds. That already puts us in touch with our most human nature. You know, it brings us to this root place of knowing we are one with nature, knowing we have the ability to connect with nature at any time, which means we have the ability to connect with our nature, with ourselves at any time. And if you really believe in nature as God, which I do, it means I have the ability to connect with God anytime. It's not just reserved for certain moments or certain times of the year or certain times of life, but literally like right now, like after this podcast, I can go and plant some seeds and I can have that deep sacred connection to the earth. And I mean, how cool is that? That's pretty, it's pretty freaking awesome, right? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So yeah, I... Uh... I went to this to the plant store, felt so great. Dennis called me when I was there from the slopes. Him and Leia, they just like got to the mountains and immediately went out into the slopes. They didn't even check in to their hotel. They just like went out. And she's been on skis one time. And it was just this like city, city hill that we have right here in Stockholm. Which is like it's a real hill. I mean, it's it's not like the Alps, you know, but it's a real hill. Like if you're just starting out, it's really good. And that's her one time on skis. And then now they've been there, I don't know, an hour maybe. And he's showing me on FaceTime and she's going down the slope and she's turning and she's, she knows how to stop. She's going pretty fat. Like she's so, so happy. And I go, are you having fun? And she says, yeah, I'm having so much fun. I can't stop. I can't stop, mama. I got to keep going. Bye. <laughs> like, okay, bye. You know, enjoy, enjoy. It's so lovely to, it's a really good feeling as a parent when you're not with your kid, knowing that they're having an epic time, right? It makes, it makes a huge difference. I, at least it really does for me that comparing that to finding a, a sitter or a nanny or something, knowing that, okay, like she's going to be fine. She's safe. But knowing that she's having a better time right now than she would if she was if she was with me, that feeling is really beautiful. It means I can relax entirely and she's so held and taken care of. And, and I get three whole days just to focus on myself. What? So I asked my, uh, my friend Michaela, who's single, lives alone. Dennis always says like Michaela has the, she she lives the life like she's just living this fun single city life with tons of friends and yeah lots of exciting things happen in her week that doesn't really happen to us in that same way and I asked her I'm like hey I get to like be you for three days I am just all alone like what should I do like what should I plan like like what am I what? and I had all these like should I do this and this and this and she's like no 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 
Like you're going to go to bed tonight. You're going to wake up tomorrow morning with no plans. (laughs) You're going to wake up, you're going to get out of bed and you're going to tell yourself this day is mine. (laughs) And you're going to do exactly what you feel like in that moment. You're not going to make a single plan. Just enjoy this weekend. Like just go all in for you this weekend. And I feel so excited about that. Although I know like I'm going to do some cleaning. I'm going to do some laundry. Like I'm going to do things around the house that brings me a sense of peace, wanting to have order and things that I end up not having time for or doing in the same way when the whole family is here. Um, I know, but I'm not going to spend three days cleaning. No, 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 no. I'm going to drink a lot of tea. Like I feel really excited to take a bath tonight, just quietly on my own. Maybe watch a movie, like maybe watch something really silly and ridiculous. Mm. Like I'm in the mood for like a, you know, like a romantic comedy, but like kind of nineties, early two thousands, maybe, you know what I mean? Like my best friend's wedding, Mm. that old one, that Julia Roberts one, something like that. But that's what what I'm in the mood for all alone. I have some chocolate. I know downstairs. Like I'm like, "Mm -hmm, what else am I going to do? And I know tomorrow morning I get to wake up and I get to sit down at my tea table and I get to have however many hours I want undisturbed just in practice. Like that feeling is just magical. And I, I, it's just, it's really occurring to me. And I know this is not like a newsflash or anything, but how not just important it is that we give ourselves alone time. I'm not talking that, you know, it has to be three whole days in a row or anything like that, but that we, how essential it is, how important, like bigger than important, it's absolutely essential that we give ourselves that space and time and dedication and, and love of being alone especially if we have kids, especially if we have families, especially if we're busy, especially if life feels like a lot, you know, and of course, the more we have in our lives, the more, the fuller our days are, the more overwhelmed we feel, the less accessible that idea of being alone, of taking time for ourselves, just for us, like the less, the further away that idea feels, but the more important, the more crucial it becomes. And I think, I try to think of that a lot, knowing that every time I carve out space in my day to roll up my yoga mat and be on my mat with myself, every time I sit down at my tea table and I begin the ritual of just presence um, that I do every day, um, all those things that I do, which some, okay, not, I don't sit with tea every single day, but I have something that I do every day. And sometimes there's that nagging little feeling inside or thought of guilt, right? Like, oh, I could be like Leah was at school all day. I didn't see her. And we could be just like playing together right now, just like interacting with only each other. I could be with her, sitting with her, only seeing her. But what I really need, like what my body and my heart and my mind is aching for is I need some time on my yoga mat right now. And it feels like I'm sacrificing her, like I'm putting her aside or something like that. But what I'm really doing is I'm modeling for her what it's like to be a woman, what it's like to be a human, what it's like to be a mom. 
every day of my life, I am modeling that for her. I'm showing her that. And she's going to take all of her cues around how to step out into this world as a woman, you know, from me. Like she's learning that from me every day. And if I am the kind of person that sacrifices herself and her well-being all the time for the sake of other people, I don't give myself any time. If I don't take care of myself, if I don't show and prove that I am important here, right? It's not my kids and my husband and my work and my dogs and everything else above and then I'm last, right? If I don't show that I take priority in my life, then I'm essentially teaching her to do the same. That So that when she grows up, she'll end up in a relationship or in a dynamic in her family where she puts herself last, where she doesn't carve out the time and space to take care of herself because her mom never did. And I think we have a lot of that energy, like we've grown up with a lot of that energy of self-sacrifice, of being the kind of mom that just like, you know, puts herself last and everything for my kids and everything for everybody else. And, and that's like a nice idea, but it's not really a nice thing to see and witness. And of course, not a nice thing to experience as that person. And it's funny how when I ever, whenever I have like a little conundrum like that, when I feel like, am I taking up too much space? Am I taking, you know, am I sacrificing something for her when I take care of myself? I, it really helps to pause and check in, well, okay, well, what, what, what do I want for her when she grows up? How would I want her to take care of herself? Would I want her to put herself last and to look at the needs of everybody else before she looks at her own needs? Would I want her to deplete herself for the sake of her work or relationship or career or kids? You know, would I want her to unapologetically take up space, stand really tall in the security of I matter, my well-being matters, yeah, like that's what I want. I don't want her to be that self-sacrificing woman when she grows up. So who am I to, to do that now? And it's funny when I put that in perspective of her, it's much easier all of a sudden to take care of myself. Then I can validate that. Okay, well, yeah, right, right. So I model, it's easier to model what I want for her than it is to just do it for myself. Isn't that funny? Not so funny, but interesting anyway how because even that in a way it's like well I put her so high and far above myself that when I envision her in my shoes then it's easy for me to treat myself better (laughs) dude motherhood is a trip it's just such a trip it's 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 wild and wow At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. 
You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com slash Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com slash Therapy60. And I haven't even said, I don't know if you know, maybe you know, but we're we're having a boy. <laughs> I should have led with that. I can't believe I didn't lead with that. We're having a boy. We're having a boy. We're having a little son. We're having a little son. Little son in my belly, which is so I could cry. It's so crazy. It's so oh, yeah. It was really I had a very chosen mindful interaction with the medical system this week. If you listen to this pod, you know I have opted out of doing those things for this pregnancy, but we decided to have an ultrasound right in week 20, um, which is right now. And it's funny, my Dennis's motivation, he, he could have gone, he didn't need the ultrasound, you know, he could have done, we could have done a blood test just to find out the sex of the baby. He really, 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 like he had to know, <laughs> and I had to ask, like, what would have happened? Like if this, he so badly wants a boy, I guess how a dad or how a man often will want a little boy. But for him, it was very, like we've talked about it a lot this week, the feeling of wanting another like male presence somehow in the family has felt really important to him. And he said, like, if it was a girl, like I would of course love her the same like a part of me would be so happy, like two little girls, like how sweet, how adorable. Like I've loved having a girl so far. Like it's amazing. He's like, but I, my whole life I saw myself like having a girl and then a boy. Like he's always said since, since we started thinking about talking about having babies one day that he wants a girl and then a boy. Uh, and he always saw that. And he's like, I witnessed that. Like I envisioned that in my mind when I was little, I was younger. I envisioned my own family one day. Like that's what I saw. I would have a girl and then I would have a boy. And I always envisioned, imagine like teaching him how to skate and teaching him how to surf. And I'm like, well, that's really sexist. Like you're teaching Leia how to skate. Like what's the difference? He's like, yeah, you're right. It's totally true. It's a totally like old idea. Like it's not even, you know, it's it, like gender is just this societal creation, this idea that we have made up over time that has become like very real now. And we're very anchored in these roles and what they are. And, but we all know we are entering an era where we are allowing ourselves to expand beyond that. Right. So of course, everyone who feels really comfortable in their female and masculine energies, um, just, you know, keep doing what you've been doing and, and feel fine with that. But a lot of us feel like we're ready to invite something bigger. Um, I think many of us feel and know that we we all have both of those qualities, both of those energies, both of those archetypes inside. Like there's a masculine energy inside of me and a feminine energy inside of me, and I know how to flow between those. Um, but And then when he said that, like, I always want to teach a little boy how to surf. And I was like, that's just a bullshit. Like you're te- literally teaching Leia how to skate and surf. And it's not, and he's like, no, it's not like a girl can't learn that. He's like, there's just something about that, like vision I've had in my mind, like having a little boy. And I get that. Like, I of course get that. So we've been just navigating this interesting and very big and very deep conversation around gender a bit this, this week. And of course, what matters is that we have a healthy little human, right? Doesn't matter if it's a girl or boy. We are also racing our kids or have been racing Leia so far that 
we can all be whoever we want to be, right? That there's no such thing as a definite and never raised her as a girls wear pink and boys wear blue and boys play with cars and girls play with don't don't, like we're way past that whole, you know, age old limiting, harmful idea. But Dennis really wanted to know. And I have to admit, like the moment we found out, so we got an ultrasound. I wanted to get an ultrasound at week 20 because I wanted to know that the positioning of my placenta was safe. And it's funny because I, I've been talking to friends and to Dennis. I'm like, I feel so safe in this pregnancy. I feel so good. Like the closer I get for every week that passes, I can envision myself birthing in a wilder and wilder way. <laughs> like now I have this idea, like I want to build a little platform in the forest. Maybe I can like give birth in the woods <laughs> outside. Any Swedish media people listening, like you can print this in your newspaper tomorrow. Like yoga girl has lost it, wants to birth in the forest. (laughs) Sweden would lose its mind. Oh God. Um, But no, that's the feeling I have. Like I have this very raw primal energy that I can tap into easily now whenever I envision the birth. I don't know exactly what it's going to be. Maybe when the time comes, I just want to be inside and I want to be in the bedroom or I want to be like in the light of, I don't know. But so far what I'm seeing is just time outside, like barefoot feet and grass. Who knows? Who knows? But I had this idea, like maybe I should like do something like, because we have this wooded area of our property that's very wild, like very, very wild. Uh, it looks almost a little bit rainforesty, like in the summer and June. I mean, we don't know. It's like June could be, it could be cold. It could be super warm. Like I have no idea what it's going to be like, but I just had that feeling there. So there's nothing about this pregnancy that worries me or concerns me. I feel so good and safe and I feel like I don't need any medical provider to, to poke me or measure me or weigh me. Like I, I'm, I, I feel so good just being here doing this on my own. And, uh, one single thing had been stuck in my head and it's, what about the placenta? And I, I don't know if I read it or if it was something on social media or, yeah, I just had this thought that what if my placenta is really low? What if there's a risk that the plac- that I get placenta pre- previa, like this this condition where, or condition, like the placenta can partially or even some really rare instances fully block the birth canal, like the opening of where the baby comes out. And this is really not something that anyone should be concerned about. It's so rare. It's not something that has happened to anyone I know. It's not like I have like a, yeah, like an old wound in that area. I just, it's been on my mind. And I realized that this is going to be one of those things that I, that I want to know so I can put it away. So we got the ultrasound and it was really beautiful seeing the baby. I mean, of course it is like really beautiful seeing the baby. And he was kicking and moving and just, yeah. And of course he's so healthy. And this ultrasound technician that we had, she was very sweet. And she just kept saying perfect, like perfect brain, perfect heart, perfect spine, perfect this, everything's perfect. Like his feet, his, yeah. She just like looked at all the little parts and everything's perfect, perfect, perfect. And, And it was really, you know, reassuring and sweet to hear. And then she goes, okay, so do you want to find out about the sex of the baby? And I go, yes. And as I say yes, Dennis is like, no. And I'm like, what? Like this whole thing you've been talking about 
like knowing the sex of the baby for so long. And I was like, no, no, no. I don't want to know now. I want, I want, I want to reveal. Like I want us to do like a little reveal together with Leia. So Leia can find out if she's having a brother or a sister. And I'm like, oh my God, you are so, such a little princess right now. <laughs> he was so in his feminine, like asking for that. I'm like, okay, but I want to know now. So is it like, can I give you and Leia like a big review? Like maybe I'll get like a little cake or we'll do something like just at home. He's like, okay, that's fine. So he just like covered his eyes and ears. And then she shows me on the screen and she's like circling this area. She's like, okay, so it's very, very obvious here. You can see, right? And I'm like, uh, sure. <laughs> what am I looking at? Like what? And she just like, and I, I'm like, I guess like, yeah, that's, this is a boy. Like this is. This is just like, yeah. And still when we were done, I had to go back in the room. I'm like, I'm like, it's a boy, right? She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just had to like double check. Like, it's really hard to know what you're looking at in an ultrasound, you know? And um, of course we knew, like I had that feeling all along, like very, very, very strong. I would have been really surprised if she would have said if it, it was a girl. And uh, got home, got a little Swedish semla, which is this very, very delicious pastry that we eat. We eat in February, generally. It's like a seasonal pastry here in Sweden. We even have a date dedicated to this where everybody eats this one pastry. So it's essentially, for anyone who's interested, it's so delicious. It's like a cardamom bun, kind of. And the bun itself is not sweet. It's not so sweet. And then you cut the top of the bun so you have like a little lid and then you you take out the the center like you create a little like cavity inside and inside you put mandelmassa like i don't know how to translate this it's kind of marzipan but it's not marzipan it's like a it's like a shit i bet there's an english word it's made with almonds super almondy um a little bit crunchy like it needs a little bit of texture it's mixed with something. I don't know. Is it like almond paste? And I, it's amazing. It tastes like marzipan, kind of. And then there's a big dollop of whipped cream. And then on top, they put the little lid of the bun. And then you have powdered sugar on top. Like it's a very simple pastry, but it's a huge thing in Sweden. And it's very something we eat right now. My brother, every year, he does this like <laughs> test where he goes to all the bakeries he can find to taste, to have them, to decide like which one has the best one <laughs> and, and ever. I actually have four of them in my fridge right now from four different bakeries because he's coming over tonight <laughs> for us to have dinner and a little sem semla review, <laughs> which is really fun. Um, I share it on Instagram stories and I think I'm going to save it there in a little highlight if you care about this pastry. So anyway, I got one and I asked them if they could color it like blue and I also felt silly. I'm like, we are trying to move away from this like old archetype of boy in blue and girl in pink. And then okay, I'm doing this thing, but it's so symbolic. Like how else would I show it? You know, it is very, very also cultural and like traditional and yeah. So anyway, so colored the inside blue and then Leia then has got to cut it open and Leia was so excited, but she was also kind of like, but I knew that. And I'm like, would you have, what would you have done if it was pink inside? Well, it wouldn't have been. She just said that, like, it wouldn't have been pink. Like I, I knew it was, a, I knew this was my baby brother coming. And since we told her that we were pregnant, she, that she never entertained the idea that she was having a sister. It's like, I can't wait to meet my baby brother. Like she kept saying that she kept saying that. 
And, and of course, like we're having a, a baby brother. And I asked Dennis, I'm like, how, like, what would you have done if it was a girl? And he said, don't worry. I practiced my, I just lost an Oscar face. <laughs> And then he's like kind of nodding and smiling and politely clapping, you know, how all the actors do when, when they were nominated for an Oscar, but they didn't win and they're respectful to the winner. And he, he's like, I have that face down. Like I would like, I wasn't going to like be really disappointed. I would just like, yes, I'm very happy about it. And I just need some time to like adjust to the idea because I, he also really felt it was a boy. And now we know. And it's, it's immediate made, immediately made names, of course, a lot easier. We've been feeling really a little bit distant from like, what do we want to name this baby? With Leia, we knew all along. Like we had, we entertained a lot of names, but Leia was like top three all the time from the beginning. I knew since I was a little girl, I wanted to have a daughter. I wanted to name her Leia. But with this little, little guy, we've been a little all over the place. Like we have a lot of different names that we've been thinking about, but we also kept the door open. Like maybe it's a girl. So we have a list there. And then all of a sudden now, like, okay, we know it's a boy. We sat down with names and now we have a, a real series list. I kind of want to share them with you, but I also don't like, you know, it's like so nice to keep that, that part secret. But all I can say is that the names that we are thinking about right now are not at all what I was expecting. Like not what I thought <laughs> when we had Leia, like if she would have a baby brother, I had, yeah, th this idea of what we would name a boy. It's not that. Like we are, we're, we're on a different planet right now for names. We have a lot of really unconventional <laughs> names. And I have a name I love so much. Oh, I have a name and I'm going to tell you as soon as the baby's here and Dennis doesn't like it. <laughs> I'm a little heartbroken by it, but he really doesn't like it. And I don't think he's going to change his mind. So I have to kind of move forward from that. But this little baby right now is just kicking away. I feel lots of movements all the time, almost, yeah, all day. Like he's really, yeah, he's really in there. <laughs> You know, when you're pregnant and early on, you're like, am I really, am I though? Like my baby, my belly's growing. But before you can really feel the baby move, it's also like, is there a baby in there? Like, you know, it's, it's that kind of weird feeling. You want the proof, you want that connection. And now I really have it. And even though he's kicking a lot and moving a lot, I'm still sensing this very, like not introverted energy, but I'm sensing a much softer energy than Leia. Like Leia is loud. She's extremely social. I don't know what the opposite of shy is, but she's that, you know, she'll talk to anyone about anything at any time. Like it would never occur to her ever since she, since she, since she learned how to talk to ask me or Dennis to order for her at a restaurant. Like it would never occur to do that. Like she's just always taking charge and, you know, really loud and big in her energy, all very extroverted. And this vibe I'm getting from this little guy is not at all like that. And it's funny how I can feel that even though he's moving a lot. It's not like he's just quietly, like, you know, quiet in there physically. Like I can feel him physically, but just his, his vibe is way more mellow. Like more, I don't know if, I think maybe, I don't know if it's shy or if it's just more quiet um, I can sense him just a little bit more grounded in that way. And of course, this could change. I don't know, but that's the feeling I'm having right now. 
And it's just, just the thought of the thought of having like a little baby brother join our family soon is so, so amazing. And I'm so grateful and in awe and really happy I got to have this very positive interaction with the medical world, like go to the hospital and do the whole thing and not have any negative experience whatsoever, just everything positive. And I feel so good about that. And also feeling good and inspired to have a great rest of this pregnancy. And kind of just wanting to share, you know, I don't know what phase exactly you are in life. I know some of you listening are pregnant, but definitely not many, I assume. But whenever we are going through something that is a bit of a challenge or a huge challenge, when we are in a slump, when we're dealing with something, illness or sickness or trauma or just a slump, you know, that like low energy of January. I mean, we're all feeling that in different ways, I'm sure, or many of us. Whenever we decide that, yeah, this is just going to suck, right? This is just going to be hard. There's, there's no way out of this. I just have to wait for this time in the future when this will be over and then it will be fine. Like whenever we surrender to that idea, we kind of give up and give in, but not in the spiritual way of surrender. We give in from that place of ego of just like this sucks. And in a way, when we do that, we dig into that energy. It's like we anchor into the energy of this is just going to be very hard. And we close ourselves off to the possibility of anything can change at any time. And actually, when we really think about it, oftentimes we are just one moment away from that energy turning. Or so often just one thing, one interaction, one kind word, one hug, one smile, one practice of self-care, one moment of the sun coming out from behind the clouds, like one glance at the blue sky to have our whole inner energy turn from low and heavy and depressed to grateful and excited and joyful and content. And it's so important that we allow ourselves to stay open to that. And we allow ourselves to stay open in that way, to not dig our heels in, in the vibe of, well, that this is just going to be terrible, but to stay open to, yeah, okay, right now it's terrible. I can accept I'm not feeling great in this moment, but I don't know what tomorrow brings. I stay open for the miracle, for the turn, for the shift, for the change. The only thing we can ever really know is that everything changes, is that this moment will pass. So hold on in the hard thing that you're going through. Accept yourself, allow yourself, forgive yourself, be there. I'm not saying pretend it's not happening, like be there, but don't give in to it entirely, you know, don't give up. Don't dig in to that energy of, of low or depressed or, or heavy and put yourself in the way of that sunshine whenever you can. And sometimes that means we have to take a little bit of action in ways that we maybe hadn't, you know, like if we stay inside with the curtains drawn, like it doesn't matter if the sun's shining outside or not, we're not going to know, we're not going to feel the difference. We have to actually do that basic fundamental self-care practice of opening up the blinds, you know, drinking a big glass of water, putting on our shoes, stepping outside, taking that walk, 
taking the first step, right? Calling a friend, letting someone know how you're doing, asking for that hug. Like we have to reach out, ask for the support that we need and trust that life has our back in that way. So I hope you get some sunshine this week, this weekend. I hope you feel held. And if you don't, I hope you feel strong and safe enough to ask to be held. Because that on its own is a really, really, really valuable thing to do. Have a beautiful rest of this week. Thank you so much for listening. From the heart, we'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.